To those who say we haven't done enough to find savings, I say this: We cannot cut our way out of this mess. If we cut deeper, we could be cutting a bone and hitting the marrow. It would only accelerate the decline of our transit system. It would be damaging. It would also damage our ability to provide affordable housing. It would make it harder to protect people in an emergency. It would damage our city, and we can't do that. Yeah, I don't know. Taking a look at those budget documents, budgets doubled over the past ten years, and Olivia Chow increasing it by a billion dollars this year alone. And she's taking a record amount of property tax out of your wallet, 9.5% to justify. But then the police aren't getting anything either. Chief Myron Demke doing an emergency press conference an hour from now. Not surprised. We had a number of city councillors remarked that they will be voting this budget down. Now, they said that prior to not knowing what the number was, seeing the 10.5. And I, I don't know, maybe we're supposed to be grateful that the budget's down to 9.5. Councillor Stephen Holliday joining us now from Etobicoke. Let's see if he's uh, grateful and celebrating 9.5 here. Good morning, Councillor Holliday. How are you, sir? Good morning, Anthony. And uh, I am uh, not grateful. I am critical, as I should be and have been throughout this process. No, 100%. Um, Olivia Chow and Shelley Carroll said, well, they, they did the the more most rigorous consultations that the city's ever done. Uh, budget chief, Former Budget Chief Gary Crawford did join us earlier this morning to kind of refute that, said no, him and John Tory and others did do quite a lot of consultations. And also Olivia Chow saying, well, we've done all the all the efficiencies we can do. So the, we're here because we have to be here. Do, do, you, uh, do you agree with her assertion that everything's been done that can be done? Hey, so they they go out through the budget process and they hold town hall meetings. They do telephone town hall meetings, and there's lots to there's lots to criticize on those. But I also commend going through the effort. But I'll tell you, the really important consultations that councillors do are the discussions we have with constituents over the weeks leading up to this. Right. You know, I was at a, a meeting last night, and on the way out, you know, I had a conversation with a resident uh, who is very angry about the budget, and this reminds you about the reality of what everyday citizens experience in these processes. You know, one thing I'll be critical of, of the consultation process, the two outcomes that stand out on their summarization charts were that uh, a lot of people wanted uh, stuff put towards housing and shelters. And a lot of people wanted a police cut. It was the number one thing to cut. That's not the experience I have in dealing with people. Just about everybody I've talked to is really incensed about crime in the city and is expecting city council to sustain the police services. And that's why you have to take the data coming out of these consultations with a little bit of a grain of salt, knowing that special interest groups can find their way into these things and skew the output information. Absolutely. I saw it as a bit of a rigged game, these pre-budget consultations. You know, tell all your friends and then we'll report what they say is fact, where we get the idea that everybody wants a police budget cut. I mean, come on here. Uh, The first talk of responding to emergencies in the document that Olivia Chow's put forward for um, for her budget is care as a first response. And she's quite proud to say, my budget fully funds the new fourth emergency service. I go, what's that? The Toronto Community Crisis Service, a caring approach to supporting people in crisis, where trained crisis workers respond, de-escalate, refer people to services. By the end of this year, the service will be available citywide. Stephen Holliday, I have no real problem with this service, and I I do like the idea of uh, us being able to use other 
uh, response workers to deal with people who are in a mental health crisis. Although I know that when we have things like the other day, a young woman randomly attacked uh, by a person with a drug needle and that person then runs off into the subway system to potentially attack again. I can't help but feel that perhaps a police officer could also play a role in that scenario. And I can't help but feel that crisis workers maybe aren't the best position to respond to all of these incidents. So care as a first response, I'm not so sure about that always. Well, there's very, very important questions and details around when a 911 call comes in, how it's triaged and then diverted. And these are consistent questions I've asked throughout this process. You're right, just to back up, you know, there's a business case to be made to say, can you send uh, a mental health specialist to, to help someone that's in mental health crisis rather than dispatching a police officer who is equipped and trained to do lots of things, including that, but, but maybe their time is better spent dealing with other things. And I, I don't mean better, but, but there's a different way to allocate the resource. And in this case, you have to make really critical choices. And if there's a a potential for violence or injury, you know, maybe somebody like a police officer is better assigned to it. Same discussion in the TTC, by the way. You know, there's an argument to be made that that uniformed police officers would do very well to be within the the, uh, public transit system. Yes. And yet the proposals so far have been to, you know, whether it's a security guard or something like um, a transit worker just being available. We're joined now by Etobicoke Councillor Stephen Holliday responding to Olivia Chow's first budget. Councillor, I'm nervous that 9.5% has been set as the allegedly moderate position here, gearing us up for subsequent years of 9%, 8.5%, what have you. Do you think we're going to get a at or below inflation next year and it'll be 3% or are we in this new sort of tax and spend socialist position here? Well, two thoughts about it. There's nothing... Uh there's no examples of restraint or prudence that I've seen in the the run-up to this budget. I mean, we had an announcement from the mayor and granted, look, I mean, this is politics and and, uh, coming out of a campaign for 65,000 essentially subsidized homes. Well, all of that comes with a price. And this is a time with a fiscal crunch. So are there going to be more announcements along that line? I'm sure there's going to be. So I don't think city council is going to restrain government. If you look deeper into the budget documents, there are some inferences of very large tax increases in the out years. And that's coming from staff because they signal as government grows and as costs go up, they're going to have to raise the price and pass that on to taxpayers. I'll never give up the argument, though, is we have to constantly look at what we're doing as a city, including $1.3 billion, if I recall, in social services that are arguably the job of the provincial and federal government. And we are paying those through the property tax base. And there's that's a very significant line item in this budget that I would say is driving the sticker price. Okay, Councillor Stephen Holliday joining us now for reaction at 12.30 p.m. Police Chief Myron Demke giving his reaction. Kelly Catrera will be taking that live. Councillor Holliday, what do you make of how, while there's a billion dollars in more spending, taxpayers will shell out 9.5% more, the police asked for 1.7% increase, and they are not getting even that? Well, the police started out reading the political climate with a 1.7% increase. The vast majority of their $1.2 billion budget is salaries and wages, and those go up every year, just like many workers all over the place. So they came back and they asked for a very small amount, and they're being given even less. And the statements from the police force is, 
you're risking the ability to bring in new officers in the future. And that ultimately, I use the word squeeze, that, that is a squeeze on the services. And that is diametrically opposed to the type of messages that I'm hearing from constituents who are saying we are worried about crime, we are worried about police resources and the availability of police to, to respond in a growing city. That's the other variable, right? The city is getting bigger. These, these forces and these services are being stretched even thinner year by year. Councillor, what did you want to see in this budget that is not in it? Well, I would like to have seen the tax increase brought back down closer to the rate of inflation and ideally below it. And I think the city collects plenty of taxes from the citizens to deliver the services that it is required to serve. I think council should revisit many of the decisions it's made over time, especially around social services and especially around housing. And that's not to say that there aren't people out there that need help with their housing. But the argument is, is the property taxpayer base the right place to dip into to pay for that sort of thing? And right now, that stuff continues to grow. That, to me, is a far more um, ideal budget that is more responsible to taxpayers and responds to the role of the municipal government rather than scope creep. Councillor Holiday, before I let you go, some councillors have signaled how they're going to vote on this. Well, they they signaled it before based on uh, what they'd been hearing. Uh, Councillors have the option of voting no, voting this down. How do you intend to vote on this budget? Well, I'll be fighting all the way through this, uh, including for two things, which is ensuring that the police uh, get what they need to provide the services. And secondly, to battle this cut of windrow clearing, because I've heard loud and clear from constituents that that is a very, very important service to them. I also want to see um, some of these uh, decisions revisited in the budget and find a way to bring down that cost that's more affordable to taxpayers. And the last piece I'll put in there that's really important, Anthony, is there is inference that there's going to be shifting of the tax burden between people that live in multi-residential unit buildings and then everybody else in the city, which is effectively going to push up the taxes for one group of people uh, at the cost of uh, or at the benefit of the other. And people should be aware of that because that could be a very meaningful shift. And we're going to see the details in time on that. So you're unsure how you're going to vote now? You still want to take some time to lobby for your your interest there and then you'll decide closer to the day? Well, gosh, uh, I'm very critical of this budget and would not support it. Okay. Believe me that. But but I have to work through the process and try to find ways to improve the budget. And so that's where the voting will go down on the day of the budget at the council meeting. And as I understand it from what we did last year, we don't actually get a final vote on the budget because it is the mayor's budget brought before council for modification. But we don't actually get to approve it. All right, there you have it. Councillor Stephen Holliday from Etobicoke, thank you for stopping by on this busy day. Thanks so much.